Blog Talk Radio.
But overcomer's mentality is a mentality that I think that any person can have, but only blessed people will be under uh, be able to understand the veracity. So, in order to be an overcomer, especially overcoming some of the wild things that we're experiencing now, if you're new to overcoming, it's great. But those of us who have practiced the art of survival, who have been around long enough to know what it's like to go without, to be limited, to to be uh, targeted, uh, to be denigrated, outcasted, shunned, put away, for lack of better words, quarantined and isolated. This, what we're experiencing, is nothing. Now, for those people and for the people that are going to be new, the issues that we deal with, not just this virus impacting our country, but the type of leadership we've elected, um, the type of attitudes and beliefs that are being displayed so easily that are, are quite filled with hate have been norms for people like me for quite some time. And the exposure of all these things is almost like a teaching lesson for those who have never had the experience. But again, for those people who've experienced all the negativity you can possibly get from a government or a majority group of people, um, this is a walk in the park. Now, overcoming, if we were to start with the beginning of the whole topic, overcoming mentality. Overcoming means that there has been something that was a challenge that it seems like you failed or you may have failed at many times, but that one time that you were able to see victory was an overcoming experience. Those people who have been um, abused and then now feel love, which is a whole lot different than abuse, have experienced an overcoming experience. Once a person, hopefully from a very young age, begins to total up lots of life experiences where they either lost or they could have lost easily, but yet experienced victory, create in them a, an insulation of an overcomer's mentality, so much so that the next obstacle that comes in your way is just a test. You've heard this um, maybe before, but 
There are some people who are great at studying and retaining knowledge, and then there are some people that are great test takers. I believe that the great test takers have a unique experience before them in this day and age to display their overcomer's mentality. I believe also that um, it is a teaching moment for those that want to learn. Everybody doesn't want to learn from the overcomers because I'm going to tell you, those of us who overcome some things don't look like the snazzy, dressed-up, suit-wearing, shiny shoe, uh, dripping, uh, daub hat, uh, tilted, and smooth, slick-tongued people. We're rough around the edges, but because of our experiences, our heart is good. But we we know not to allow certain things to get too excitable because we know that uh, one of the things we learned in church was either you're just coming out of a storm, you're in a storm, or you're heading into one. And so when we're dealing with a storm, um, if you've been in one before, you know kind of how it goes. And then if you're not so sure we're in a storm right now, just wait a while. You'll know when a storm hits. So using all these as a premise, that is 10 minutes after 8, that's the precursor for what we're going to discuss tonight. So there are many, many, many things as I mentioned earlier, um, that we could be overcoming um, many obstacles, many trials and tribulations. Giving up is not an option. You can fight battles and lose, yet win the war. And so if your mind is set on the war, then you're never losing uh, your spirit about giving up, okay? That whole thing, you're not going to give up. Now, when we look at what are the most prevalent items that we as individuals are facing, And we mix those with the things that we as a group are facing. Um, There is a real shot, a real chance that we'll come through things better than we did before. I've heard a lot of the worst is yet to come. Um, my mind as an overcomer thinks more of the best is yet to come, if that makes sense. 
a, a lot of people are digging in, waiting for the worst to happen. And I'm not saying you don't prepare for the worst. I think that you can have an understanding that it's a possibility. But just because it's a possibility doesn't mean I focus my energy and my time on it. This is a great time in our lives to focus on the most positive thing that we can. What is so bad about being close to and only around people that you want to be close to? What is so bad about spending more time at home? What is so bad about now being almost forced to cook your own food, preparing your own meals, learning how to grow your own produce, maybe even raise or maintain livestock. There's nothing that's a downside of that. Self-sufficiency is a great big factor in a person's mind when they choose a mentality of an overcomer spirit. The fact that you can walk tall because you have prepared for tomorrow, yesterday, is something that very few people around nowadays uh, are able to do. The fact that people are buying up all this clothing is great for the people who sell toilet paper. I wish that my boy, my, 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 my schoolmate, Derek Marshall, also known as a, a cold drink, he's a musical artist. Look him up. Listen to some of his music. He sings with a guy named Big Pokey Bear. You know the, uh, what's that song that Big Pokey Bear has? Uh, not these last $2, dollars My side piece, that guy. My, my dude sings with him a lot. And he used to have a toilet paper company, big old, big old warehouse full of toilet paper, black-owned toilet paper company. <clears throat> Imagine a couple of years ago, he started it and went slow. I think he left it alone. Think. Imagine the day like now where people are buying up toilet paper. They don't care what brand it is. They just want to wipe their ass. But could you imagine that company still being up and running? How this particular day and time could have been the catalyst for his business. And I, I don't mean to sound like that, because he may still have the business. When I talk to him, he, he hasn't mentioned it. I need to hit him up on Messenger to see if he has it still. But I'll, I'll do that another time. But the point is, um, don't get sidetracked by the pomp and circumstance. Focus on the facts and the things that you can see and can't see that are part of your future. Thinking, again, the best is yet to come. Knowing the best is yet to come. 
spewing the best is yet to come. You'll begin to position yourself in a manner that when we come through whatever this is we're dealing with now, you can either come through it worse or come through it better. Stocks now are at an all-time low for some great stuff. I know. I just wish that the Fed and that everybody else knows that this is only going to last for a little while. Things that have lasting value, things that have been staples for so many decades, will rise again. If their stocks are low now, this is a great time to buy stocks. If you've got liquid assets to spend on, this is a great time now to build on relationships, making phone calls over all of the emails that we've been doing over the past few years, and just get to know people that you do business with either on the other side of the country or right next door, but you just don't really see each other because you've been, you know, busy. Um, relationships, when they talk about this social distancing, that's only about, they should call it personal spacing, okay? Because social distancing, I'm not going to do I've got to communicate with people. I've got to be in interaction with people and even some in person. But I don't even like the term when they say social distance. I took sociology in college, not because um, that was what I wanted to do all my life. I wanted to be an electrical engineer. That's what I went to college for originally. But I graduated with a sociology degree. And the reason being, I went through, like, see, electrical engineering, <clears throat> business administration, psychology, and then sociology. The only reason why I got into sociology is because it's what comes natural to me. That is what comes natural to the type of person I am. Sociology just hits the bell for me. Now, if the thing that I understand the most and that I'm good at is something that maybe most people aren't, this is a great time to hone in on those skills. Now, yours may be in a field of welding, plumbing, electrical. All those jobs are still up and running because people still need those, quote, unquote, essential services. They're going to still be doing good through this economy. But you, on the other hand, have always had a dream to go to school or take a trade or do whatever. Guess what? Online classes are great opportunities now, especially if you're in a business that right now isn't essential and you're sitting at home or at someone else's house or, God forbid, you, you, you lost your home and you're wherever you are, but whatever you are at home, wherever you lay your hat, right, thing you have, you have an opportunity with this, not necessarily free time, but with this, all this opportunity and space 
to hone in on some skills that when we come out of this are going to be an extra stream, hopefully, of monetary fiduciary injury. If you use your time wisely, you're going to see that even though it may be a dark night, brighter days are ahead. You'll see that even though it seems like your head is covered, it'll soon be revealed to you. When I think about sheep, when I think about the little lamb, I, I'm I'm not a lamb fan. I don't I don't eat much mutton or is that goat or is that lamb? I think mutton is sheep. I, I don't I don't eat lamb or mutton. Every now and again, I'll have a euro, and that'll be very, very few and far between. But when I do get it, I want it to be right. And everyone can't cook lamb. Lamb chops and so on and so forth. If cooking is a passion, with all this buying food at the market and the grocery stores and so on and so forth, this is a great time to hone your cooking. All you kept to say you are a cold barbecuer. You're a smokeologist. This is a great opportunity to hone your skills. I don't care what it is. This, Whenever you have opportunity, you take it. So if you got money, invest. If you've got time, y'all know that poem, I wish I had brought it up, but it just came out of mind now, the, the 60 seconds, if, there, if there's only one minute, there's 60 seconds in it, didn't pick it, didn't choose it, didn't know how I would use it, but if I don't use it, I'll abuse it, uh, there's 60 seconds in a minute, yet there's an eternity in it. I think I paraphrased most of that poem, but y'all get the picture. We got time. We got time to build ourselves up. Listen, I know you're, you've got a good heart, and your idea is to make everyone better. But that whole thing, again, about putting the mask on your face when you're in a plane that is experiencing turbulence and loss of cabin pressure, it is imperative that you begin to take care of yourself. Get yourself stable before you help everybody else out. Everybody right now is on an equal plane just about. Some people can isolate in a great big old house. Yeah. They got a ping pong table. They got a pool table. Hell, it's getting warm out. They got a pool. They got their own gym. They got so much land they can go outside and walk around for hours and not step on the same blade of grass. Um, but there's still some of those people who are lonely. And then you've got some people 
that have a 1,200 square foot house and they 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 living from check to check and uh, they're having a great time spending time with people, family close to them in that little bitty old house. Well, I know that it would be a lot easier to have a 5,500 or a 10,000-square-foot chateau to, to be quarantined in. Um, but but, but is, is, is the size what matters? Or is it, is, is it the quantity or is it the quality? The overcomer's mentality focuses on quality. You know, um, a lot of people... Um, my boys uh, over on Trap Talk that we do on Tuesdays, and it usually comes out on Wednesday after the editing and sometimes Thursday, um, is a great other show I want you all to listen to. It's the Press Box Media Group on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe there. But my particular portion of the Press Box is with the Trap Talk. And Barlene gave this question the other day. He said uh, $50 million. Well, no, he said 18, then he said 50. Then he said 57, that would have been different because people that know me know that that's my number. I think 57 million is what I require to be able to be uh, a bonus to people in my life and take care of the generations of my family to come and to ensure that not only my legacy is impactful on the world, but the legacy my dad left me is also impactful because he didn't get a chance to get out everything that he wanted to do. And it's on me as his son, as his namesake, even though we were, I'm not a junior, but the Johnson name through him as his only child, um, it's imperative that I carry his legacy as mine. And if, and if I were to meet my demise before I, uh, before my son, it's his job to carry on that of me and his grandfather, you see, because he's the only namesake I have right now, uh, per se, that can carry the Johnson name for me. He's the only boy I have. So so in, in knowing that, um, he said, Barr said there's 57 million in the closet but it's got coronavirus all over. I said, oh, I'll go get it. I'll just suit up and get it. Uh, CA, he said, well, I'm going to go get it regardless because, you know, I could probably take care of myself with that $57 million, some of that. Um, and then even if I can't, um, my family is good for a long time. I said I wouldn't go get it. Because he wasn't for me. But if it was $57 million and I knew that I told not only my creator, but I put the energy in the universe for $57 million to come to me because even though I work and I earn and my business is considered an essential service, and I have credentials. I wish I could show you all, but they're in the car. I have credentials that when I'm driving, now I, I just put them up in the window. And those of you who have a businesses that are meeting essential services, just get that letter. Uh, mine comes from the Department of Treasury, stating that my business is that, and I 
I used to have a badge. Um, I don't know what I did with the badge. It might be out there in my other bag in the, in the Tahoe. I got to go in there and look at that bag and see where that is. But I have credentials, right? And so I can travel. But the point is, everybody doesn't. The bag is there. I, I wouldn't grab it. But then, now that I think about it, I would grab it. Because I've experienced a whole lot of things that are worse than coronavirus. And why wouldn't I, knowing that I can overcome this period in our lives, overcome that? Now, is it risking it for a biscuit? Yeah. But ultimately, what is life without a few risks? What is life without saying, you know what, I'm going to take this chance? You know, a lot of us miss out on great opportunities because we didn't take a chance. A lot of you people in relationships or not in relationships is probably because you didn't take the risk. You went with something that felt safe. The risky thing didn't, didn't, didn't seem right um, because of what you were told. But you knew it felt right, but it was too much of a risk. And uh, I've got to move out of that. Um, having an overcomer's mentality hasn't meant as much to me as it has in the past couple of years. I've had some ups and downs financially and relationally and spiritually uh, over the last couple of years. And, and with all that being said, the fact that I look back on the things that I went through, and here I am now better than I was then, and realizing that even though I'm in a good place now, because my industry is essential, because the school board met the other day, what I do for the particular school district that I have chosen to work, I call it volunteering, but work with um, their pains. Man, you know how blessed that is? And I'm, I'm, I'm worried, but I can't focus on it. I'm worried about the people who work in the restaurant. You know, those of y'all, if any of y'all are on here, man, my heart really goes out to y'all that, um, you can't earn, you know. I mean, that really, um, it really hurts my heart that people can't earn a living. And when you're, you're working at a job where you require tips to make it, when you, when you work at places that you, you require, it requires you getting a commission on selling something, to make it, um, when you're at a plant that isn't critical to the infrastructure and you rely on that every two weeks to make it, and then now you have so many more cities, so many more states locking it down, I can 
feel your pain. Don't don't you ever think there aren't people out here that have been through what you've been through, but now in a better position in life. Don't you ever think that there aren't some people who can empathize? And for me, personally, I can sympathize with you because I've been there. I tell people all the time, a year and a couple of months ago, oh, it was about this time that I started coming out of the financial and started really experiencing a real trouble relationally um, a year ago, but um, now um, I've changed. The, the, those of you who are dealing with difficult situations, you might be dealing with a, 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 a diagnosis. You you got hit with this diagnosis. Now you're hit with this whole coronavirus stuff. You're hit with the economic thing. You are going through. Trust me, you're not alone. Okay, you're not the only one. So I hope you're not on a soapbox that look is this, woe is me. Um, because this isn't all. Do you, do you realize how much more? In a very good book that says my creator owns a thousand hills. My father has a thousand hills. That's just enough. There's many more than that. But if you just live on one hill, and it's a very low hill, let's say it's a mile. Let's just say it's a speed bump. Do you not realize that, like, that you can go from a speed bump to sitting on top of a mountain? A year's time isn't a whole bunch. Let me tell you all how my mentality shifted between a year ago and now and how I can sit here on this podcast like I do almost every week. And every week I sit here and pontificate with you all and we discuss all these different topics. And I feel comfortable speaking with it. Let me, let me tell you how this works. It's a mind game. See, the outside world doesn't like you. The world as it is doesn't like you. As a matter of fact, the world would rather see you be fertilized. The world would rather use you to get what it wants. There is nothing good about what the enemy has control over. I'm not going to get into the semantics of that statement. We can talk about it later. But, but just, just go with me. Just go with me. The masses don't care if you win or not. The masses don't get excited about your success. 
you and the people close to you are what matters most. Having a support system, if you have it, rely on it. If if you if you're the support system for everybody else, you you might want to start looking at what what it took to get there for you. And now, if you're dealing with all these issues, um, how you can go to the the people and the persons that were in, important in your rise now that you're sitting down. Always someone that is out there that you can rely on. But just assuming that this, that, and the third person is that person is quite a risk, I must say. Um, but what I found was the secret lies in me. The, the, the person that wants my success the most is me. And if I'm not the person that wants it for me, it probably won't happen. Because if I'm relying on people, people will let you down. People will forget about you. People won't call you back. People won't text you. People won't loan you a few ducats. People won't go to the store for you. People won't talk highly of you. People won't give you the benefit of the doubt. It's a whole lot of things that people do that are not very nice. But if you learn to treat yourself nice, if you learn to talk positive and not negative self-talk about you, if you self-deprecate, that's okay, but don't be negative of yourself. It's okay to be realistic, but also when you're being realistic, start talking about what is futuristic. Futuristic. I'm starting to sound like a president for all these moments in the world. But listen, you have the keys in you. And it started for me of realizing my importance to me. I started realizing, okay, bad situations, bad relationships, bad money, um, a whole lot of negative self-talk. I have put my – I can't blame anybody else. There's some people that have done some bad stuff to me. They've treated me pretty badly. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to bring up this this thing in. I said I would be straight, no chase. This key figure in uh, the area I'm in, and I had words one time. We had them a couple of times over a couple of different things. One of them was the Affordable Care Act, and the other one is how we view Muslim and Hindu and Buddhist people who are, are not Christians in our area. Those are the two things, very important things to me in my life, that me and this other, I can say other, because I, I've been deemed a community leader. I don't want to be, but that's what people make me out to be, okay? I do not want to be called that, but it's, it's what I am, right? As the, the natural thing, that sociology thing, hit me right. But there were two things that me and this person 
got into it about. This dude utilized his cronies to get me, try to get me suspended from my job several times when I was working the job that I had for many years in the healthcare industry. Um, they used, he used his his hand, uh, his uh, was a minion. I'm gonna call him that. He used his minions to go after me, and I was defeating him, defeating him one by one. I knew where the threat was coming from. I began to let my guard down, and one of his minions figured out a way. I ended up getting fired from that job, and it took me a while to process this, but I realized that was a direct relation by how it went down from the situation I had with this uh, particular guy, and I had to put two and two together that the firing came from one of his minions. The guy died, um, and some people were like, oh, it's so sad. And, and um, I just, I, I've experienced some things as an overcomer, um, some very trying things, even some spiritual and religious things that most people don't. And I, and I looked at it, and I said to myself, my, my. And, and, and I know most people would give up on life. I've experienced some things that suicide was an option, okay? And um, I'm glad it wasn't an option for me, but for many, and even even the thought came up uh, that suicide would, would resolve these problems. But I've seen where people who, who keep, their heart, I don't know if it keeps, I think you might, be, you might be born with it, and then you might not have it, but then you grow to realize it, and then some people just have it, and it's oozing out of them. Mine doesn't ooze out of me. Um, I believe I was born with it, and it's taken me this long to start realizing that I did more for others than I've done for myself. And in the last few years, I've realized that I've got to start focusing on the energy, you know, from me um, building me up. And so a little over a year ago, when all of those things hit me at once, um, and by the way, the guy died. I didn't cry. I wasn't sad. I, you know, his family has to deal with it, and that's not good. That's never good. But I'm sure they can handle it. But I, do, I truly believe that things happen for a reason um, uh, in our lives. And so when I focused on what was in me, right, and I started, instead of pushing that energy this way, I started keeping it in and then letting it just seep out. And I didn't let it seep out to everybody, hoping that if I cast it real broad, it would get everybody and I would it would it would it would be more impactful. Like, that's not impactful. Impactful is the quality time you spend with individuals and if you can water them and they can fertilize you or vice versa and then we all get out in the sun 
and we begin to grow, that's a great thing. But what I started to realize also was that if I am focusing on casting all this out, my energy is getting depleted too fast. And I have to conserve energy a little bit. But when I do shift it, I've got to shift that big blast first to me and mine and then to others. The whole oxygen mask on an airplane ideology. The world is a mean old place. And it's up to people with a real pure spirit. I'm not saying you're a pure person because I'm not. But for for some reason, deep down in me, when people experience me, just like y'all do here, um, straight no chaser, when you experience me, this is me. Um, you either hate it or you love it. And I can't, I, I can't do nothing about it. I cannot waste my energy on people who hate me, who don't like me, who would rather see me uh, lose to try to convince them to like me in 2020. I cannot sit here and expect the local, the, being the city and the county, the, the, the state, uh, or the federal government, or the world health government, whatever, to dictate to me what I need to do. I know I've got to take precautions in this day and age, but I still got to move around. I know I've got to limit my interaction with people and keep my personal space at distance. I wish there was somebody that would come on TV nationally and talk about this whole world, whole word in this world of social distancing. Yes, we need to be six feet apart, but we've always needed to be uh, distanced from one another because you don't know who's sick. Why would you want to be all up on people? I, I would, we, we went to Shreveport this afternoon to pick up a boatload of barbecue. We should have had a mukbang video going of how much barbecue was in there. Turkey legs, ribs, sausage. Risky. Is that all I mean? Yeah, that's all I mean. And then the other sides, accoutrements. But I went to get my buddy some fish. I was in that fish market. It, it was horrible. It, everybody in there was my people. And I love my people. Everybody in there. The place was called Cotton's. And the barbecue place is called Real Barbecue in Shreveport, 5836 something. It's on. Um, Fairmont, Fairmont, Fairfield and Piermont Avenue, right on the corner, real barbecue, Fairfield and Piermont. But the place I went to to get this fish from my buddy was cotton. Nice meat market in there, right? Um, beef, that ground beef was a little high. Negroes like that ground beef. We know in times like this, we ain't going to go buy steak. We're going to go get some ground beef. We can make miracles happen with ground beef. We can make everything in the world with ground beef. Just about. But anyway, I went in there, and my people, when I tell you all up on me, was a dude that came in with his kid and his son, and he um, he was standing right here, and he was, like, touching my shoulder. I was like, dude. I looked at him, and I started moving. I was like, what the hell? The whole time I got a whole uh, wipe, you know, in my hand because um, I ain't trying to touch nothing because I know 
Louisiana with the Mardi Gras, they got some of the biggest numbers right next door. So you know that's interacting with Texas. Um, but And then another guy came and he walked up behind me and he got up on me to get past me. And I'm like, damn, you got space, bro. We've got to understand that there's a new day coming. And if you're one of those people who is scared of or you're um, limited by challenges, did you hear that, boy? Limited by challenges um, of change, it's going to be rough on you out here in this field. I embrace change. If it's something I got to do, but it's, I'm going to be able to survive and thrive, I'm going to do it. If they tell me I got to go get a different kind of license, which they did, in fact, I don't even want to, that's not even made up. I tried to make something up. I got to get a little gold star on my driver's license. I got to, I got to get my original birth certificate. Hopefully my mama has it. Or I got to pay the, whatever the money the state of Illinois to send me an original birth certificate uh, in order to get renew my driver's license. I lost it last summer, and I went to, I found it, but I went to um, the DMV, I guess is what you call it, whatever it is, to get my driver's license, um, and I wanted to just get a new one, you know, renew it. Um, I didn't want to get a duplicate. And they told me I had to have all this other stuff. I'm like, well, damn, you you, you know who I am. I've had this driver's license since 2002. Nearly half my life. I've had an Illinois driver's license and a Texas driver's license. I don't think I ever got a Louisiana driver's license. Did I ever get a Louisiana driver's license? Many of you. I can't remember. But I've only had three lightnings. I'm with only two. And so, okay, um, I get it, but I wanted to get it right then and there, but I got to bring some paperwork. If I got to pay the state of Illinois that money, I'm going to have to get it because I got to get this new license. Mine is due this year on my birthday. So um, I got to do it. What kind of fool would be like, I'm not going to go get that. I'm just going to ride dirty. And then you get pulled over for, for a minor reason. And you don't, your driver's license expired. I was telling another friend of mine, uh, was it today or yesterday? No, today we were talking about the shutdown thing that's supposed to happen tonight, I think at midnight, um, here in our area, in our city, Longview, Texas. Um, personally, this should have happened two or three weeks ago because, anyway, it just should have happened. The point is, is that they're shutting it down due to all the new cases that popped up here. You can't just be riding around at night. You can't just be riding around during the day. I've got credentials, but if a law officer decides to pull me over and ask me if I'm doing something essential, that's going to target black folks more than it is anybody else. It always has, 
and it always will. The fact that people in this world still think that black folks are the weakest and the easiest targeted individual, they got another thing coming after this. But anyway, we were talking about having to you know, change up some things. You can't be riding dirty around in these streets. You can't be uh, doing things late at night, and then you get pulled over. You you in the car smoking, and you get pulled over, and it's just a check to tell you to see if you're doing something essential. They smell something in the car, and then here you are getting your car searched. Guess what they find? A little a little sack. And hey, you just trying to smoke because it's stressful time to get a lot of this drama off of your chest, and there you are. Now you got a case. They're still locking folks up. These laws is rolling so hard. I don't know how they are in your city where you're at, but they're rolling hard. But that ain't nothing for us. they always been rolling hard. I don't know why they're so hard over here in the hood. They need to be over there where the Walmarts are and then people are all up on one another in the Walmarts. I like Walmart. I'm not a fan of its its uh, business strategy, but let me tell you something. It's a great place to go get anything you need. But I'm trying to avoid Walmart right now. They talk about, you know, keeping this personal space between one another, but when you go to Walmart and these other big box stores, they got people on top of one another. You go to the small mom and pop stores, mom and pop stores, they're doing everything they can to keep the distancing. So it's not keeping your personal space if a thousand of y'all are in Walmart, one after another, and you don't have your own wipes. If you setting stuff on them nasty things, I don't even let my stuff touch the, you know, the boop, boop, and the and the. Thing. I haven't been in the store that much either. Uh, I went last week, but I didn't let it touch the, the um, what is it called, the belt drive thing? No, no, no. We're not going to do this. Uh-uh. So um, it, most of these people aren't observing this anyway. So we do need somebody to say, okay, it's, it's, we need to you know, observe this so that we can slow the spread. In all this, black people are going to get impacted the most negatively. Okay. Folks are already talking to black folks crazy. Do the dude in the White House giving them this trip. Listen, whatever you do, dear white people, dear white people with hate in your heart, dear white people with hate in your heart, and you think Donald Trump is the best thing since sliced bread, we are not friends. And by you calling me a nigga, um, you've always thought of me like that. And if you only knew how lowly I thought of you as an individual, you would keep your mouth shut. But I don't say it because I just think it's rude. And I think it's unbecoming as a fellow American that we in the same country dealing with a lot of the same struggles have to point out 
what we don't like about somebody. Who cares if you don't like me? Do you think my feelings are going to get hurt? I'm a whole new creature. When I was four, five, no, yeah, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen years old. Y'all called me a nigga every day of my life when I lived in that white neighborhood growing up as a kid. Do you think that what you're doing now is going to impact me because you called me that? I already had enough tears of that at a very early age. There will be no tears. I've overcome that. So now what I've done is now you call me that now or you denigrate me or you think lowly of me. I'm talking overcomer's mentality, y'all. Now um, I just let everybody know you are racist, you're a bigot, and we're not going to do business with you. So wherever you are, you do business. Wherever you are and you work at a place, me and mine, we ain't going to support you. Now, I can't speak for all the other people, but I'm going to let me and mine, I'm going to let the people that I know know, hey, don't go over there buying a car from such and such. Don't go don't go buying food from such and such. And if we can limit your economic growth because you don't like us, so if you don't like me, that means you don't like my money because my money is green. That's fine. You ought not like anybody that I know's money either. And eventually you'll come running, but nobody running back to you because you apologize. I don't take too many apologies from grown folks and accept them. I hear them. And I said, okay, but that don't mean that I'm I'm forgetting. And let me tell you, I ain't God. I may not forgive some of you, but I'll work on it. And and guess what? You ain't gonna be a big part of my life either. But because I'm not gonna spend no time on dealing with you. The world could use a little more loving. And people with a little more loving would have better manners. Folks with good manners are easier to have an overcomer's mentality. It doesn't matter if it's a diagnosis of diabetes, cancer, hypertension, leukemia, any other condition, herpes. What else do people have? AIDS, HIV, um, or coronavirus. That's not, that doesn't mean the end. My daddy lived 16 years after he got hit with a stage four high-level stage four uh, diagnosis of colon cancer. He lived 16 more years. They didn't think he was going to live 16 weeks. They thought that after the surgery, if he survived a week, 16 days, it was going to be good. 
And uh, even in that situation, 2001, September, guess what? Found out he had had this cancer September the 6th or 7th. September 4th, it was the 6th or 7th, I caught a flight from Louisiana to Illinois to see what was going on with my dad. I get there, things are really bad. Really bad. He goes into surgery. Like the 8th, and he's recovering on the 9th. And 10th, and he's sitting up talking, okay, but not out of the woods. On September 10th, I, I go home. I didn't stay the night. I went home to my mom's house. Get a call from my mom September 11th in the morning. Mind you, my dad retired from, my mom was still working at the time for the Department of Defense one of the, the largest arsenal that the federal government had in Rock Island, Illinois, a big old island, look it up. Um, and she tells me, I'm coming home. She said, we're under attack, and all civilians are leaving the arsenal. They're going to shut the arsenal down. Turn on the TV. A plane has already struck one of the towers, and... She told me that um, they think there's a threat on the Department of Defense and the White House. And um, I get off the phone. I call my dad. I said, are you watching TV, Pop? He said, yeah, I got it on. And stuff. I turned the TV on enough to see the, the, uh, the uh, second plane hit the towers. And I know most people in the country at the time were sad about all that loss of life. And I and I was too. I was sad too, but I had a great overwhelming overcoming experience about cancer and about my faith um and dealing with uh my dad who might die of cancer. Um I realized that all those people died. And it was almost like God said, I'm gonna leave you, I'm gonna give you your father a little while longer to do better than you did. I could have done better with those sixteen years. I did better than I had been doing. I should have done better. But the point of this is, it was in that moment I realized I'm over here crying about one life. And I didn't know how many people, when we started seeing those towers fall later that morning, I think I made it to the hospital before the towers started falling. And um, I 
I thought about it when I was sitting in his hospital room and I was saying to myself, I'm up here crying over one man, and that's probably thousands of people that are dying. Of I, I, I didn't shed another tear on that trip. I had to wait another week because all the planes, I was supposed to come back to Louisiana, go back to Louisiana on the 11th. But, of course, my flight um, got delayed, and I had to come back on the 17th. It was just under a week later that Monday uh, after the 11th. And uh, it was fine because I didn't have anything going on. Um, I was out of college. I run my own business. And uh, you know, little stuff I did, so I did not. It was all good. I had, I had a little cushion there. But but you see, uh, a lot of people killed themselves. A lot of people um, put themselves in bad situations after 9/11. Uh, but they could have had an overcomer spirit, and the ones that did have done really well. Some of them still dealing with the repercussions of it, but they're 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 working on it. They're trying to convince the federal government that these folks need relief that had experienced 9-11, a lot of PTSD, a lot of things that should be covered because it was an attack on the country. The federal government should be stepping in and helping these folks, and I really believe that and trust that. And I think that in this time and age, the federal government should be stepping in and helping us, but it's not going to help us. So we have to have our own mentality of being an overcomer. We have to practice what we need to stay safe. We have to spend time where we're safe. We have to nurture relationships. We have to spend where, where our money is respected. See, people only respect your money, okay? They don't necessarily respect the money holder. And what I'm telling you, you've got to start shopping at places that respect your money. And what I mean by that, it's coming from you. They're respecting the hand that rocks the cradle. If you're dealing with people that wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, if you're dealing with people that eyebrows, going to say nothing Anyway, if you're going to deal with people, Deal with people who care at least a little bit about you. People that I realize don't care anything about me. I drove past a person today that used to be cool with me, right? And I realized they didn't care. They wouldn't have spit on me if if I was on fire. Uh, I drove right past them, and I thought, hmm. I wanted, at first I thought, they're lost, and then I thought, you know what, somebody else will learn that experience. <laughs> and, and, and it was, that's, that's great. That's great. I, I have overcome situations I never thought I would. I've got many more things, including where we are now, to overcome. But let me tell you, after a Trial and tribulation time and time again, the world is a mean old place. And since I know that, I treat it accordingly. I use my little light to shine where I'm at, 
And and if it doesn't hit over there where it's dark, that's okay. I hope that somebody closer shines their light. But my light is going to shine uh, right here in my vicinity, and uh, there's not much anybody else can do about it because they don't know if I'm at full brightness or at the dimmest low or the lowest dim, dimmest low. Mm, the dimmest is low. The lowest dim. Anyway, the dimmest light. I think dimmest is a word. Dim, dimmest. I'll have to look that up. I almost never ever use the word dimmest. But you and I have a social responsibility to do what we've got to do. Okay? We also have a responsibility to those who we help and who rely on us. Now, if we have people that rely on us that should be relying on themselves, it's up to us to help grow them to get to that point quicker and sooner. And if we have people who are leeching off of us, it's time to cut the tie. This is a time and place to have excitement about life. And we can't let the news give us news that continues to be negative. And even though it's not, you know, uh, some of it's factual, it's not necessarily a prescription. Our prescription, our orders come from headquarters. Our prescription is in our philosophical understanding, understanding of how we steer our spirit. Whatever that may be, I'm no longer an advocate for thinking that there's just, you know, this. I, I believe people that that really strongly believe in that. If, if we're all going, we have the possibility to go to this one place. If if that is the case, then if if their heart is right and they whatever the phases they went through, um, we all enjoy afterlife together. That'd be great. Um, but I realize that if everybody that treats people any old kind of way are going to also be it's just a microphone now. If we if we don't decide to focus our energy on the right people and then divert it from the wrong people and realize that our money can spend anywhere and we can choose where to spend it and maybe have to sacrifice a little bit, we have realized our overcoming spirit. And our mentality will start to change, and we won't be be worried about certain people anymore because they're not our responsibility. And we focus on the people that we know love us. Okay, um, and if you don't think anybody loves you, um, it might be time to start figuring out who you love, and um, if you really love anybody. 
because you should know by now um, somebody loves you. What's that song? Somebody loves you, baby. Who is that? Is that Patty LaBelle? Angela Winsor. That gotta be Patty LaBelle. Hey, I don't think somebody else sang it before, before her, but she does the best rendition of it. Somebody loves you. I love you like a play cousin. They don't mean I'm going to come over there hugging on you. Some of y'all been somewhere everywhere. And if you've been to New Orleans or New York, or, yeah, New Orleans or New York, I don't, I don't you know, holler at me on a text. When I see you across the way, Yell from over there, okay? You need to keep our business. I ain't seen you in a minute. I'm going to see you soon. Let's give it a few weeks. <laughs> I dap you up. That's one thing I miss, black folks, boy. When we, we give dap, when we speak to people, it's not like it's not like it's a handshake like, hey, how you doing? We, we grab, we, we, we shake, we grip, we tuck it in, we get right there. It's right here. We ear to ear, grown men. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? You know, I haven't had that in a minute. Um, it's going to get back to it. But uh, we just got to be safe. Okay? Don't mean I love you any less. I didn't get to see my brother when I went out there to the street report. Uh, but I saw one of my sisters and I uh, took care of the business, right? But, man... The life that we have is worth living. And if you can live it in abundance, where the blessing of your life, because you did what you had to do for you and you blessed your own game, it will spill out to other people, and that's what other people need. If you got a half a cup of coffee, it's not for you to be sharing anything in your cup. When your cup begins to run over, I have this speech. I'm going to have to tell you all about it another time. We might talk about some more uplifting things next week. I think we are. Um, I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to share with you all my speech that I wrote about the saucer and what a saucer does. That's uh, what I've been for a long time. But then I realized that, hey, i got enough to have a cup. Sometimes my cup runs over and I need other people to be saucers in my life because I don't want what's running over, what's pressed down, shaken together, and what's running over to just go anywhere, be all over the place. I need some saucers, you know. Bless your game, if you will. Um, I haven't heard the news back, y'all, on my uncle in Kilgore, whether or not uh, the test is positive for corona. I hadn't heard back. I think it's going to be negative on my cousin in the Memphis area that had the test that had symptoms, but now she doesn't. She's doing okay. Um, She may not have it. Um, And I also heard that Slim Thug, um, he's probably the the, uh, celebrity that's closest to me as far as my degrees of separation from everybody. I'm only one degree of separation from Thugger, a little partner I used to do music with 
in Houston back, hell, I think it was before Slim Thug, and then Michael Roth and them came out. This was the mid-90s, 96. Um, I met dude, but um, anyway, the, uh, unfortunately him and some other people that I look up to, and I, or I shouldn't say I look up to, I really don't look up to Slim Thug. I really don't look up to Idris Elba, but I respect their craft. Let's put it like that. Um, but uh, I'm gonna pray for them. That's about what I can do. And if 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 praying doesn't do it, you can look at it this way. I'm gonna ask for all the energy that I can muster up, and my Father, my Creator, can muster up to send all the energy possible. If it's an angel, or if it's just waves and frequencies that you know knock out all the negative, all the bad things in your life, and get you back. In good standing, um, I'm going to send it, okay? So you can you can uh, you can just bet on it that it's signed, sealed, and will be delivered. Because um, I've got to get back in my prayer closet. I used to pray hard, y'all. I got prayer beads, you know. I really like that about Catholics. Um, um, I got some prayer beads. I made them myself from the, the beading basket we have here out of some expensive beads, and I paid for that thing. I was like, well, hell, I should have just used this little plastic over here and spent a dollar. I didn't know I was going to spend $30 in the bracelet. Ain't, but, you know, it ain't big enough to go around my wrist. But it's, it's, I use the beads and I put them through my hand and every one of them is a prayer. And every time I pray a prayer, I count another bead and for a person. That way, if, I'm, if, I, if I hit all these things individually, I've got so many prayers. That's what those Rosary beads are for. I don't know if y'all knew that. They use that to count the prayers, right? And uh, I got mine separated to different things. I have to show y'all uh, my prayer uh, bracelet. I haven't used it. It's in the truck. A lot of stuff is in the truck because I was so used to driving that truck for so long that um, it was uh, everything was in there. My livelihood was in there. But I, I, I'm saying all this to to to, to mean this. I'm I'm pulling for you. You know, I don't want anything bad to happen to any of y'all. I want y'all to keep listening to this show. So I don't want any of y'all to get sick and die or get in a wreck or get shot or, or die uh, uh, without you knowing that. But also, I don't have any control in your death, but I do want you to do everything you can to be alive for the next episode of the Gumbo Talk. I, I did go over time, and I extended the show a little bit past what it was. I don't know where my mama is. My mama didn't get on tonight. Uh, I'm going to give her a call as soon as I get off of this, see what's going on with her. Um, but uh, the, the, the bigger picture here is this. You have every ability to overcome things. Now, the time frame that this happens may be different for you than anybody else. Somebody else might do it in seconds. It might take you years. It took me 41 years and almost a half to realize the kind of champion I am. I can't even tell y'all how I think about myself nowadays. I really can't because you would think I was boasting and bragging. But the type of personality you see me, the veracity that you hear me talk about things on this thing, this is me. Everything about me, 
I told a friend one time, I said, I, I do things a lot like how I talk, don't I? And the friend said, yeah, you absolutely do. And so it, it's, it's imperative that you understand that I'm pulling for you. It might not mean nothing to some of you that are watching this, but, but for you individually, I'm pulling for you because I want to see you win. I, I want to see my enemies have to see me win. I don't want them to lose, but it ain't my responsibility. And I'm sure not helping them win, okay? But I'm definitely pulling for people that support the Gumbo Talk Show. This is what I need y'all to do as I'm signing off. I need you to go over to YouTube. I need you to go to the, there's the Gumbo Talk that you can search for in, uh, in YouTube and the press box, all one word, press box, and then media group. So it's three words, press box, one media group, like, share, subscribe that page because um, I really support them the long way and we're doing some things together. Um, and then I want you to go over to YouTube and like, share, and subscribe to Gumbo Talk because although I'm airing, you see background, if y'all can see the, y'all see all those wrinkles, it's not so prevalent with the light, more focused on me. But I've got new equipment. I've got a little bit of a booth thing going here, um, and I'm only getting better. I might be moving the show to the press box. Uh, we were going to try tonight, but didn't work out. Um, but it's going to happen, and uh, I just want to keep growing the gumbo talk and everybody else has been friends of mine. Um, I really encourage you to get news from as many sources as you can, don't just be focusing on one source because I'm seeing a lot of bad information out. So I usually source from seven or eight different places before I even take it with a grain of salt. Don't believe all the hype or that stuff about these things dying, you know, from drinking coffee and all this. I thought it was true, too. But anyway, get brushed up um, with the sciences, um, the National Institute on Health. I used to work with them. Back when I lived here, I was here in Longview. I was doing drug testing. So the drugs are, I know that's hard for my boy CT and Ira to hear all the things we did together and my boy Mike Friday and all the other people that I ever, you know, did business with as Big Worm and, and Big B um, in that day. But I did work with the drug czar, um, the DEA, and many other entities when I did drug testing here of students. All those people gave us money to do the drug testing because we were trying to prevent young people from becoming drug addicts and being a detriment to society. That's the whole reason I did it. And trust me, when I shook hands with those folks in my mind, I thought, I wonder if they're going to, they know who I am. But thank God I had an overcomer spirit that I didn't let my past catch up to me, and I was uh, focused on helping young people. But the same way I did that and worked in Washington, D.C., I worked with the National Institute of Health. And when I tell you the director of it from during 05 to 08 when I worked with him, when I tell you that was one of the smartest men, I sat down and had a two-hour conversation on a couch 
in this private hotel that we had our conference in with the guy who was the director of the National Institute of Health. You know that little short guy you see on TV next to Trump that makes more sense than Trump does when he starts talking about um, allergy, allergies and infectious diseases? I met the guy that did that, but it was his boss in 05 and 06 and 07. Not necessarily his boss now, but was the boss then. And I'm going to tell you, in discussing things, we sat down, and he was real frank and earnest with me. We were talking about drugs. He was like, you know, marijuana is not is not a good drug for young people to start using and stuff. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to use other drugs. But if you're using any kind of thing that alters your mood or mind at an early age, it can delay the growth. So if you want to do it as an adult, that's fine. Uh, you know, when I was in college, I smoked a lot of weed. This is the guy. Anyway, I, I, the point is, I probably shouldn't be telling you that because we had a two-hour conversation, and it got real personable, and, and he felt comfortable, like most people do, with sharing information. He had no idea I came out of psychology and sociology, and I know how to motivational interview, got a minor in criminal justice. I, I know the tactics of the police and how they use it, so I know how to counteract it, but also not use it for my betterment. But let me tell you. The National Institute for Health is a great resource of information. And although these people in the government may be trying to, to, to limit, they can only limit it on the White House page. That National Institute of Health stuff, no matter who's been in office, they got some scientists and some physicians that work in that thing, that that information is one of the top sources I like to look at because they, contra- they, contradict, they contradict a lot of the stuff that you hear being said, and then they break down the facts, and they show you several articles, several books, several resources you can go to to verify it. And, and, and I think it needs to be a little bit more diverse, but the National Institute and, and Health is a great source of information for times such as these. So having said that, uh, I hope that this thing is airing. It looks like it is. I, I'm a new method. I'm not using the same format of Facebook. I'm using a live producer type thing, and I hope that the volume is clear. Um, I don't know how the lighting is. It seems like it's really dark behind me, and that's okay. I wore a, a brighter shirt and this uh, chocolate skin of mine. It seems to be okay So that dark background. Um, we'll see. Um, I could always add, let's see here, a little more light. And now you can see all those damn wrinkles that I didn't want y'all to see. I know how to iron, but uh, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, we don't need all that extra light. I just want to thank y'all for listening. It does sound like I ramble and rant, but, but I'm trying to get my points across and sometimes my brain switches gears when I start talking about my eyebrows and things. I'm conscious that I'm talking about other things than the point, but you get the point. I'm, I'm just who I am and something just, have you ever seen a woman with a great big old booty walk by? She gets everybody's attention, even little kids, right? Men and women. And sometimes eyebrows and other things interest me and it sidetracks me like a great big old booty walking by. And I'm not trying to be misogynistic, ladies. I'm just pointing out the obvious, that women, men, 
children and elderly, when they see stuff that's extraordinary walking by, everybody looks. That's why they're going to go out and get these augmentations of these great big boobs and great big butts. They want to be just like our soul sisters. And already have it naturally. God is really good to us. And so, anyway, I don't want to divert, <laughs> digress too much. I thank y'all. Hey, Sunshine, I see you listening. I want to thank Duke, a.k.a. Andrea Latham, and Evelyn Hines, and whoever else is. I can't see the people who are listening with the new format. I can only see the people who make a comment. As a matter of fact, we got how much How much more time? All right, all right, all right. Uh, I've got, oh, I've got less than a minute. So yeah, I don't have time for everybody to make a comment. Let me know here. Hey, take this. Share this particular show with people. I need you to do that for me. Share it. Uh, tell people. Invite friends to like the page at the Gumbo Talk, um, I appreciate it. And also that YouTube thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm recording these things audio and not just video and audio um, that I can share them by an MP3. And uh, I just, I, I'm excited about life in, in this day and age. So with all that being said, I want to thank you all for tuning in. We're signing off. And so with Signing off, 